Welcome to Friendly Competition, a podcast to discover the best of all time. I'm Nick Keller, and alongside my co-host and best friend, Cody Lena, we discuss various pop culture topics and narrow it down to truly the best of all time. Or as we like to call it, the boat. But before anyone can step foot on the boat, we put them into a Sweet 16-style tournament. We argue each round until we decide a winner. Nick, what criteria do we use when we decide who steps foot on the boat? Whatever the hell we want, Cody. But this season, we're also using the knowledge of our guest expert, Megan Yellowboy. Do you want to tell them what we're talking about this season? Yes. Hello. We are talking about Disney Channel original movies or DCOMs as they are known. Yes. And we are in group D where we have the three seed Cheetah Girls going up against the 14 seed Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off and then the six seed Stuck in the Suburbs going up against the 11 seed Double Teamed. Should we start right at the top? Cheetah Girls versus Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off? Hell yeah. So Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off is actually responsible for one of the largest fights that me and my partner get into. <laughs> wow, really? This, this is not this is not hyperbole. This is the honest to God's truth. So in Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off, the biggest thing that he learns from Bobby Flay, <gasps> Chef Bobby Flay, is the egg, is how to crack an egg with one hand because he needs to be able to do other stuff. So I... For the longest time, I mean, I Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off, I'm probably like 13, I think, when it comes off. Yes. So to me, that is like that That advice has made me believe that you are only a good cook if you can crack an egg with one hand, which, yes, but also it's the easiest way to get eggshell in your egg. <laughs> like, because if you don't do it right and you kind of mess up the open, you're guaranteeing you're going to get eggshell in versus like a nice, like simple break it apart with two hands so it's a little cleaner. And m- every time... She sees me. Do, and it's also messy because when you crack it and open it, you don't have like the ability to kind of dunk them, but like kind of drip them both out with the yolk. So it is so messy whenever I make eggs. There's egg yolk like along the edges. And then you like, I'm tossing them. There's an eggshell that I have to like scoop out. And she's always like, just use two hands. I'm like, no, Nick, Chef I want to tell you. Flay told me in Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off that this is how real chefs do it. And God <laughs> damn, I'm a real chef. Here's the thing. Fuck Bobby Flay. See, that's what I was gonna say. Dick. (laughs) That is absolutely something fucking Bobby Flay would say. Like, oh, you're only a good chef if you crack it with one. Like, no, go shut up. Nick, also, I think he was talking from the perspective of like, you're in a cooking competition, so time's of the utmost importance. I've seen what you do with your day. Your time's not that important. Like, you're fine. You have time. Use both hands. Actually, no, fuck that. Keep doing it with one hand because you show up late almost every day. Yeah. Look faster. (laughs) See, exactly. Exactly. No, and that's a very good point. I don't know why I'm taking, I really, as far as any Iron Slash, Bobby Flay is just such an asshole. And I always, my favorite thing was when he did the first season of Beat Bobby Flay. He got beat so much that I think he canceled the show himself. (laughs) Cause it was like the audience actually got to pick or like judges. And so yeah. he was getting his ass handed to him on such a regular basis that I think he was like, yo, fuck this show. I'm out. And I was like, you look like a, why'd you make a show where you look like a bitch on your own show, dude. You like <laughs> You're getting punked on your own show, Bobby Flay. You're There's a restaurant in Sioux Falls where the owner went on beat Bobby Flay. Yeah. And she made it past the first round, but she didn't beat him in the second round. And I didn't even watch, but I was just like, bullshit. She's better. I know it. Yeah. I've never eaten and Bobby Flay has never cooked for me, but I like, I feel like when you cook for people, like your feelings go into your food and Sanaa is the best and her food tastes amazing. And Bobby Flay's a dick. So his food probably isn't that good. Yeah. I'm- preach. 
Also, the hubris on that guy is like, I'm gonna make a show where people come in and they, I make, I beat them at the thing that they make. They spend their whole life trying to do and perfect, and I'm just gonna make it on like a 10 minute notice. It's like because I loosely know how carne asada tacos are made. I have, I kind of know how that's done. It's like this is a family recipe that's been handed down for generations. But I do know that show. I do get pissed off in that show when you roll up to Bobby Flay and they're like, my dish is carne asada tacos. It's like, dog, Bobby Flay makes Tex-Mex. That's what he does, you idiot. Don't, Make don't bring that here. Make You're risking soup. it. It's a big risk. Yeah, do cookie. He's His bait game is weak. <laughs> okay, I think he is the weakest Iron Chef. Who's your, who's your top Iron Chef? Morimoto, baby. I, well. If you want, if you go to roll into Iron Chef and you want to, if you want to win Iron Chef, you pick anybody. If you want to be an Iron Chef, you pick Morimoto and you see how far you can get. <laughs> that's, that's fucking fair. Morimoto for sure. Um, Michael Simon though. I, I was going to so say, good. I like a Michael Simon. Cause hey, he's, man, I ate a Michael Simon's first winner. Lola. Nice. Very good. Very good. The one that I never understood, I never felt had Iron Chef energy was always Mario Batali. Oh yeah. That guy's not great. Like, like yeah, just, I don't know. He might be great, but he just doesn't have the energy of an artist. Like everyone's like yeah. super competitive and he's over there in his Crocs listening to like just trippy, like Grateful Dead and just hanging out. And like, he's like, I think we should just make spaghetti. It's like, you can't make spaghetti. We always like every course can't be spaghetti, Batali. Bro, the, the secret ingredient is kiwi. What do you think a kiwi spaghetti is going to taste like? He's like, I don't know, man. We fuck around. We'll find out. I, don't, I, I can appreciate that energy too. And I will say that I think the Morimoto, like when they put Iron Chef's head to head, and I think the Morimoto Michael Simon episode is the best because they're both just fucking having fun. And yeah. that's what I that's also, what I really want. You knew you didn't have a chance when Simon and Morimoto got matched up. Like why oh, did the other Iron okay. Chef's even show up? I will, I will also say that um, I, when I was younger, I would say up until about 17, I wanted to go to culinary school. I was all about that. I wanted to be a pastry chef, but like I loved watching Iron Chef and Iron Chef America and Kat Cora was my hero. Like she was so badass. She just come in there with all her sous chefs and just whip shit up. And she was just very, very cool. Didn't quite have like the approachability and like like friendliness, but like you had, she, she, yeah, she ran that kitchen. I remember that specifically that it felt like she had like the most control over what was going on in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Like versus like Mario Batali like eventually got like a little frayed like cause he was so fucking lax half the time. But like Kat Cora was on top of her game. Yes. Can we talk about, so, I mean, Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off is- Oh fuck, I mean, we're talking about essentially, movies. It's essentially an Iron, sh- I mean, someone watched an episode of Iron Chef and was like, I'm gonna make that a decom. Cause that's the whole point is that the end is a big Iron Chef-like competition. Cook-Off? Cook-Off, thank you. Um, (laughs) for a million dollars though it's a million dollars to go to a culinary school that's the end of the day what it is it's a million dollars and you go to a culinary school afterwards what so it's like a million dollar scholarship yes basically culinary school is fucking expensive a mill though a cool mill in 95 for a culinary school no but a good chunk of that's going towards tuition (laughs) you know this but I mean, that was another reason why I loved this movie was because it was like somebody that was like, yeah, cooking is rad. And I want to do this as like my profession. And yeah, it has the like, again, we talked about this with High School Musical. It's got the like, I play a sport, but I also have this other hidden passion that my father doesn't approve of. But this one had in the end, he goes to the cook off. I can't, he was supposed to have like basically have a sous chef that he couldn't like, they couldn't be there. So his dad steps in to help him. Oh. 
yeah, and this it's one just messed- this great moment. Oh, I forgot. So my parents are divorced. And so this one heavily played on my daddy issues. Like <laughs> this one, 100% when you're like, I just want my dad to be my sous chef, man. That's just scream. <laughs> and I just remember being like, what? I remember this one got me in my feelings. Yeah. Now that you, now that you brought that one up, that part up, I'm like, Oh, oh Nick, 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 Nick. And then he's fucking cooking with his dad and his dad cracks an egg with one hand. Oh, and he looks at his, his dad. He's a chef. His dad's he's got just the like, talent. He's like, how did you know how to do that? And he's just like, I don't, I don't remember what he says, but it was just this <laughs> moment of where you're like, like my dad, my, like, yeah. The skill was inside of you all along. But hey, can we talk to Disney Channel original movie dads? Hey man, could you just be cool with what your kids want to do? Dude, that's yeah. so sick. Like, I was like, why? Also, of cooking of all things. If I had a kid, that's uh, that's. If I had a kid, and he's like, I love cooking. Don't turn that off. That's easy. I appreciate that because I don't have to cook. That's like if you have a kid whose favorite game is to play clean the toilets, and you're like, no, please don't. <laughs> please leave that for me to do later. Like, what are you doing? I felt like this was such a good movie to like, especially like having like a young boy like not want to play sports, but instead want to go into culinary art. He got a lot of shit for this. But he was yeah. still like, I wanted, and his mom was like really supportive of him. And it was just like, this is like, I'm good at this. And wow. I really, appre- and then like all his friends eventually like come around and like support him and shit. And it was just like a, this is, this is what I meant to do. And it was just that some really good vibes. Also, I'm pretty sure he loses the competition. Spoiler th- alert. Yeah. It's more, it's one of those, it's about, it's like the, it's about the friends we made along the way kind of vibe. Than yes. But like, yeah. uh, it also talks about like the, the girl who won, like worked really fucking hard for it too. And like, I think she comes to like the celebration afterwards and is like, yeah, we can, be, we can be friends. Cause she was like, I am here to win. I have worked and worked and worked and worked and worked for this competition. And she wins it. She, oh yeah. Lesson. You can, you don't have to win everything. You can be friends. Actually, he loses every, it's, I don't Cause what happens too, cause he's also a phenomenal baseball player. And so he has to, I mean, they do the great, like having to run back and forth between the game and, the yeah. game. Like, you know, those classic sitcom moments, but then you know, you know, the cook-off is High school course, musical. Yeah. The cook-off is of course the same day as the championship mm. game. Right. So he has to pick one. He chooses the cook-off and then his, right. the team still wins without him. Like they didn't, he's not the big star that he's, I wonder what the crisis is afterwards, the movie after, like the the epilogue of where he realizes like, A, the team didn't need him. B, <laughs> he's not as good as a cook as he thinks he is because he lost. And like, is it, is the message just like, hey man, sometimes it's okay to just be mediocre and still follow that passion though too, man. Go for it. Yeah, that's basically how I've lived my whole life. Welcome, welcome to me at mediocrity. It's great. You know who wasn't mediocre? The Cheetah Girls. This, I remember the hype around this movie was so hot. I mean, you have Raven Simone coming off of that, like doing the That's So Raven thing. They got her. They had the, at least one of the singers from 3LW. Two, two, two of, of them. them. Right? Okay. Thank yep. you. And then just Sabrina Bryan. I'm sorry. I don't know really what you were up to at the time and what where you <laughs> landed, but you got to be a Cheetah Girl as well. And I just remember, what the, Whitney Houston is a producer on Cheetah Girls. That's she what she's in the project. I feel like yeah. the Cheetah Girls was the first decom that was like, this is big. This is really big. Yes. Like they had Raven come in there and, but they had all these original songs that were just bangers, all of them. Like yes. Cheetah Sisters, Cinderella. There was not a single girl my age that didn't sing Cinderella and just talk about like, I don't need a man to save me. I make my own destiny. Like that was so empowering for us as little like middle schoolers or whatever. Hell this was yeah. like 2003. So then I was, I was 11, I guess when this came out. <laughs> but like, I was definitely, yes, Cheetah Girls, 
female empowerment. It's also about not selling out because that's their big thing is like they, they create this uh, band together, this group, mm-hmm. and they make this music and then they are about to get signed. And then the, the people are like, but we want to rebrand you and make you all about like, you're each going to wear a different animal mask. And it's really fucking creepy. And like all the other girls were like, this is a good opportunity. And they know what they're talking about. And Raven's like, no, we're cheetahs. <laughs> we are cheetahs. We're <laughs> <Yeah>. fast. <laughs> we are sisters we stand together i wonder i I mean they did go on to make i think this is also one of the rare disney trilogy movies i want to say i know there's for sure a sequel but i want to say that it it made it all the way the pantheon of trilogy movies you got high school musical you got cheetah girls you got toy story let's go (laughs) no there's only it only made sequel status no there was cheetah girls two right and then there was cheetah girl and then there was cheetah girls one world or is that two uh it's a fantastic question. no 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 that there was three because there was there for me oh shit i don't know but hmm. yeah either way if if the if the moral of the story is don't sell out oh no you're right yeah cheetah girls one world there it is yeah if the moral of the story is not to sell out making a trilogy feels kind of sell out to me hey man i i'm gonna be honest i've not seen any movies in this group this is you guys you picked a bracket i can't play around in as much but I do know that Cheetah Girls was a huge like hit sensation. I remember seeing all the toys and all the the just merch you could get everywhere. Well, I mean, once again, too, like it's Raven Simone and it's I mean, 3LW was like a great pop girl group. Like they were they were killing it at the time, too. And well, and also, too, if you got Whitney Houston on if Whitney Houston's pushing this. And she's got your back. How could you fail? How you're, you're standing on the shoulders of giants. Whitney Houston is a giant. Yeah, I mean that's what this one's hard for me because it did remind me how much Eddie's million dollar cook-off was. Just like tugs at my heartstring, but I'm like, I think I gotta go Cheetah Girls. Like it's it's huge. It, it, I already I, went with my heart once and denied the the truer, more popular one. I until I saw the list Megan sent us, I had never heard of Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff. If you would if you would have told me Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff without any context, I would have assumed it was about a meth lab cook. <laughs> so the precursor to Breaking Bad. Yeah, it's like he's cooking Yeah. No, it's just about a boy who who dreams to cook and apparently some weird millionaire. See, the one thing I will say though is I want to live in a world where like people like billionaires and like 100 millionaires just throw this money around to be like I want to watch two teens cook off for a million dollars and see what happens. And like, dude, that's why money. I could never be a millionaire. I would do stupid shit like that all the time. That's good. If I had though. that Musk money, just announce in the middle of like some I don't know where this is set, probably Wisconsin as they all seem to be set, but like I just imagine, yeah, one day, like, you just see a flyer. It's like, million, someone's putting up a million dollars for a cook-off? That's not real. That's so much money. But yet, if I was an eccentric millionaire, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you just fuck around in the town and just do that? Like, why wouldn't you make, like, RC car races and put, like, 50 grand on them? I would just, I literally would have a guy that comes out with, like, an old-school horn, just bugle away, like, a million dollars to whoever finds the best caterpillar. And he like walks back in the big, like, what does that even mean? <laughs> On it. I was already looking for him anyway. <laughs> Dips. This is my dream. Oh, man. You know, there's that one kid playing with caterpillars. It's like, oh, I know where the best caterpillar is. Oh, right here? You mean this one? Just pulls it out of my pocket? Yeah. Money, you mean, please. You mean Jerry? He pulls it out of my pocket, implying that he walks up to Megan, pushes her down, and takes her caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> he knew where to find him. He knew she had the good ones on her. Oh, can I start another bit called Cody's Million Dollar Challenge where I just do the ridiculous? <laughs> 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 
Oh, I love it. Here's the, my problem with this though, is I remember the Cheetah Girls being like very iconic, but also really boring. Mm. Like I wasn't, it, it's just, it. the good parts of that movie are the songs. That's yeah. Basically it. So it's like, like transitions between songs, basically. Yes. They, they yeah. do, a, this is one of those, it's not a musical per se, but they do, there's a lot of songs inside of the yeah. movie. It's, it's, a, it's about getting big, but not selling out. And then there's a whole side thing about like, was it Sabrina Bryan? Is that the other one? Yes. So her, her character is like adopted. And then so she's like, oh, I don't have a family. And then it's like, no, you're a cheetah girl. You're part of our family. Like we're not like, that's one of the lines I think in like Cheetah Sisters is like, we're, we're one big family, but we don't look yeah. the same. It's about like, like having your, your chosen family, which is great. There's just very like emotional moments of like, you are our family, not even though like you are adopted. And then there's one of like, you're my mom, but like, I don't have a dad around and you don't have time for me anymore. This, I will say about Cheetah Girls, this would be our only chance. I believe, yes, I, I know what This is our only chance that if we wanted to dive into another section of the universe when we do our research, right? We come to this with knowledge we have and that whoever makes it to the final four, we will watch again. But another piece of research we could do is Cody, do you still have that old DS that I gave you many years ago? The Nintendo DS? Yeah. I have two of them. I don't know if I have that specific one. Okay, because you can play the video game, The Cheetah Girls, Popstar Sensations, or The Cheetah Girls, Passport to Stardom on your Nintendo DS. Oh, shit. Megan, you got a DS. I know you do. I don't have a DS. Cody will mail you his. <laughs> you can have my other one, I guess. <laughs> Um, can- here, like I'm just thinking about these two movies. I would rather watch Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff. Except I feel like I like I feel like that because I feel like the Cheetah Girls is boring. But I feel like I'd start watching Eddie Million Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff, and I'd be like, oh fuck, I have to watch Bobby Flay. Uh, a million dollars to whoever brings me the scalp of Bobby Flay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I'm not a challenge, it. Cody. That's called putting a hit on someone. <laughs> is actually that's a different thing that you're doing now. That's uh, uh, I'm looking at Cheetah Girls just for the cultural zeitgeist of it. I don't know anything about anything. Does that's that- made. That's made abundantly clear in the last 140 episodes we've done of the show. I don't know anything about anything, but they I definitely made, don't know anything about this. So they made three video games. I just mentioned the DS because I, I gave you one, but there was, so in 2006, 2007, and 2008, all had Cheetah Girl game releases. Like Shit. what was the video, ga- like what was even the point of the, vi- like, you know how like, you know, some games, it may, like some movies make sense to have a video game for. Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, one of the greatest all-time video games, movie adaptations of video games, I think of all time. This one is just, you're like, what do you, let's see, the plot of this uh, gameplay, throughout the game, the player plays several levels, which a variety, it's just a mini games game. That's all it is. <laughs> it's it's like, just, no, it's no, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, one second, keep keep going. Or oh. keep it rolling. We'll do, we'll do our vote and Megan will solve it. I'm going to do Cheetah Girls. I think I'm going to do Cheetah Girls too, though. Sorry, my cat started making noises like he was going to throw up and he's sitting on the back of my couch. So I had to go I put know. him on the floor. <laughs> yeah, he just had a hairball, but he just makes a sad little cry. And I was like, okay, uh, uh, yeah, che- that's fair. Cheetah Girls, I was feeling, I was leaning, I was leaning in that direction. <laughs> so, okay. So there's going to be some fun facts about Stuck in the Suburbs that maybe now will change the entire directory of everything. So stuck in the suburbs, once again, a young middle school girl gets the cell phone of popular singer Taryn Killam. Well, not it's the actor Taryn Killam. His character's name is Jordan Cahill and basically like forces him to like hang out with her to get the phone back. Nice. Which is in theory, a nightmare for an adult man. (laughs) Yeah. Like, could you imagine if a middle school, you are a popular person. And if you're seen just hanging out with two middle school girls, 
for no reason. This man's putting his career on the line to get that phone back. Uh, you know what? Unless you got some weird shit on that phone you don't want to get leaked, which let's be honest, he probably does. You could just get a new phone. You're a rich pop star. Switch yeah, there's got to be something on that phone. There's, here's there's here's the thing, though, is he doesn't know that they have his phone until the end of the movie. Oh, it's, what? it's his best friend slash assistant who bumps into this girl. It's Daniel Panabaker. And they she, she's at a meeting with him. She makes friends with Brenda Song. And Brenda Song's like, I'm the cool new girl. And she's like, let's go to where Jordan Cahill's going to be. They're perf- he's performing at the mall or some shit. She knocks into this best friend. They both drop their phones. They pick up the opposite phones. She okay. realizes she has Jordan Cahill's phone. So best friend is like, I can't fucking tell my super pop star friend that a teenage girl has his phone. So he has to try and like get Jordan Cahill to do the things that these girls want him to do, but like without revealing that that's the situation. Okay. So a little intrigue Instantly my assistant is fired. Not because he lost my phone, but because he's making me hang out with 14 year old girls. (laughs) I got a reputation. Why do I got to keep hanging out with these girls, man? Just please. Please, please, sir. I don't know what you're And they don't, they don't do a, they don't do a, like, he has to hang out with us. They were like, you have to, Cut, cut and dye his hair and like which is like he's known for having this like long beautiful hair or something and so they call this hairstylist and it's like yeah so i'm his assistant calling from this phone that is obviously his number and uh he wants all of his hair cut off and it's like this like oh shit and because they're doing it as like oh it'd be funny to prank him yeah yeah. Um, even though like one of them is like super obsessed with him. So there's a whole underlying story of like, what? I'm tr- I'm pretending to be cooler than I am to impress this new girl, but also the new girl is lying about how cool she is. You know, like just popularity bullshit. And it's like a be who you are. Cause also Jordan Cahill doesn't want to be Jordan Cahill anymore. He doesn't want to be pop star, superstar. He is writing his own songs and wants to perform those. He wants like- to be country music sensation, Jordan <laughs> Cahill. He just he's got, got it. We've all been there. Energy inside of him and he's tired of, I mean, I was going to say like Justin Timberlake, but Justin Timberlake just went from one pop thing to another. It's not like he like showed a, a more sincere side of himself. No, um, he just yeah. tried to convince us he could so, beatbox for three So albums. another crazy thing about this, and I don't know what it was for Cheetah Girls. I, I'll see if it exists, but A, there's a soundtrack to this. That soundtrack peaked at number five on Billboard. Damn. It's like a Disney push, dude. You can get anything. Kids will I buy mean, anything. And by kids, I mean their parents to make them stop screaming for it. But I, I guess, I mean, this does, it has a full, bl- da- so this would imply, sorry, there's so many things I'm just blowing, that are blowing my mind. So there are songs by Jordan Cahill, once again, which is just Taron Killam. And so there, so in the world that we live in and exist in, he, oh, they've messed it up. Okay, the, the Wikipedia is wrong, everyone. Don't, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it was number five on the Billboard Top Kid audio chart. Okay. It was 182 on the regular. Okay, never mind. I thought that this was like, what? I was going to say, I could not tell you a single song they played in that movie. No, I mean, the thing is you have, you have a Haley Duff single, not Hillary, but her, her older sister, Haley got to pop on here. You got Jesse McCartney singing Good Life, uh, which I can only imagine is his cover of T-Pain's Good Life uh, and Kanye West's Good Life. I hope it is, because if it's not, it's not going to be anything worth listening to. And then once again, a bunch of Taron Killam tracks. Do we, I don't know nearly enough about Taron Killam to know, was he trying to do that like thing where you, you know, you're a Disney Channel star who's just trying to use this to set your pop career off? Like your Selena Gomez's, <laughs> your Ariana Grande's, like absolutely. And it just failed miserably. All right, has anyone seen Double Team though? Which is yeah. a bold naming convention for a young girl's movie, but <laughs> ignore that. Disney. Hey, Disney, come on now. 
hey, you didn't run this by how many producers? I so the thing about double team that I think is interesting as far as this list goes, and it did remind me like most of these Disney Channel movies are like very upbeat, very light, very happy. This is, I think, maybe the real only one on the on our 16 that is like a drama. Like this is a it's not a heavy movie by any means, but it's like the you have two twin girls who are incredibly tall. That's like the thing that you know. <laughs> That's the crux of the movie. Is- These girls be tall. And yeah. and at some point someone looks and like, you should play basketball, which I know from dating a girl who is six feet tall. You're, all your existence is in high school is people telling you that you should play basketball. And I think for males over six, five, it's very similar. Like you play basketball and you're like, no, I just, I'm tall as a thing. They're like, oh, well, you're wasting the gift then, aren't you? <laughs> you have here- this beautiful gift. You're wasting this Don't waste height, it. which you had, which you'd had no say in when you came out. And so they are, so they're tall and they're twins. And so now they're, now the basketball coach is like, wait, I can have two tall people on my team. Fuck, let's go. They would rather play volleyball, but they have to play basketball because the coach needs them. But there's also like a weird, sad, they have to, I think they have to move because it's in they. Oh no, they go to the rich school but they're actually themselves like poor. So they have to like kind oh, of hide. They get the that. basketball scholarship to the rich school. Got it. I don't think they go, I don't, it's not that they necessarily, they just happen to be, they attend the rich school or something. You know, I, Disney's only doing all these basketball. I'm seeing all these sports movies are basketball and you know, it's because they don't want to cast that many people. There's way less people on a basketball team than a football team or a baseball team. And that's again, in the Eddie's millions, why they probably spent less time at the baseball team than they did cooking is because they didn't want to ca- afford to pay a bunch of kids to stand in the field. That's it. That's not a joke. It's my observation. about It's just, just something that like, Oh yeah, that's, that would be how that works. Like stunt, like extras are, are expensive. And I don't, I'm assuming these have to be SAG actors because it's a Disney channel movie. So like you have to pay extra for union and you know, that time. These two girls are five, nine. That's not particularly tall. It's so weird to build the crux of the movie around girls that are five nine. I mean, Cody, do you remember? Do you remember two thousand and two? Like, I mean, five nine was pretty tall back then. <laughs> You're just judging by twenty twenty standards, Cody. I remember being very surprised to find out that they weren't actually twins. Oh, the the girl, the actresses, the actresses, yeah, yeah. That feels like a big miss. Like you couldn't just hire. There weren't twins available. Where did they? Do you think they pitched this to the Olsen twins? Like one more, <laughs> get back in the game, Olsen twins. Just do we, one for us. We can put you on stilts. It'll be fine. Yeah. No, I, re- I remember my sister really loved this movie. Basketball is very big on the reservation. And so it was something that was like, yeah, it's a basketball movie. And like, these girls are really good. And it's all, like you said, it's a, it's a drama. It, it is very much a one. I think one of them doesn't want to play sports right. as much. And then there's the whole, like, we're pretending to be something we're not. And then I think at the end, they end up playing for different teams. So this is, yeah, this is the true life story of the Berg sisters who end up playing in like the WNBA when it first is formed. Mm-hmm. So they're like some of the OGs on the WNBA. One goes in place for Los Angeles Sparks. The other one plays for the Sacramento Monarchs. I don't want to act like I know that off the top of my head. I do <laughs> have a Wikipedia in front of me. To I, I, not that I wouldn't want to know that much about the WNBA, but I don't want anyone back. Holy shit, Nick knows so much. Like, no, don't give me that credit. I do not know that much. <laughs> I, uh, I, I remember liking Double Team a lot, actually. But based on what you've described about stuck in the suburbs, that just sounds like a wild romp that I now want to, and also now want to hear Taron Killam sing. I'm going stuck in the suburbs because I just want to see how this guy manages to keep his job. The second, the <laughs> assistant, that is. Oh, that's the real story I want to hear. I want to see I- that. 
I can tell you what happens to him. Oh, okay. Well, okay, let, I agree. I agree. Moving stuck in the suburbs forward. So let's go ahead and. Okay. Move so that one we forward, now I have think. Cheetah Girls versus Stuck in the Suburbs. Now I feel like if we're going music to music, it's probably going to go Cheetah Girls, right? You said Cinderella, yep. obviously a big hit. Yep. But but like you said, as far as story goes, it does feel like the intrigue is going to be much more because I I kind of once you mentioned that like from the standpoint of like this was marketed as a huge uh, decom, like this is going to be massive, and th- but you watch it, and I do recall it kind of being. Okay. It's boring. Okay. Cool. Like it, you're like, that was it. That was all this energy and all of this hype was put, was put towards this. Like at least cadet Kelly had that same kind of energy, but it at least delivered on the fact that like they did some cool stuff. I think cheetah girls was heavy on like middle school girl drama mm. in, in the way that like you wanted to have those really emotional conversations for you friend for like, we care about you for who you are in the inside. And then also like, how could you do this to me? How could you, how could you break my heart? We're supposed to be sisters. How could you sell out? And then at the end they break up and they're all doing different things around the, the city, but also within the same like block of each other (laughs) and they're all wearing the exact same outfit in different colors and then raven simone's dog goes down a fucking hole for some reason i don't remember why and they can't get it out and there's like emergency crews and it's a big it's on tv and that's how all the other girls see what's happening because they see her with her little white dog that's stuck in a hole and she's like calling for it and won't come out so they all come together to support this dog and they're like they even say like we're here for the dog we're not here for you and it's just like that's some shade you don't come back from in middle school but then they're like you know what the dog loves when we sing together and loves our music so let's do a full dance number in the street with the, with the emergency crew and the dog's just like, oh yeah, I fucking know this jam. And like oh, wiggles, wiggles, his way out, yeah, wiggles his way out of the hole and like starts dancing with them. And they're like, yay, we can stay together and teamwork is great and we're sisters. Cody, I, if I'm ever stuck in a hole, please dance and sing on the outside know it, of that hole. That's what I need you to do. Don't, don't be like, Nick, I'm my hand is specifically long enough and perfectly shaped that I could I could pull you up. I'm like, no, it won't work. You have to sing and dance. <laughs> yeah. You have to sing and dance for this crew, Cody. Please, Nick, you'll die. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot. There's a lot of that like dramatic moments of like just heavy emotion oh that you, as like a middle school girl you really fucking feel. And I feel like that was a big reason why we connected with it. Stuck in the suburbs. I just remembered this. So another plot in there is the mom, the girl's mom who has the phone is trying to save this like old Victorian house that has like a lot of history with the town and the town is trying to get it demolished and nobody gives a shit about this house. So at the end, the last thing she does is like tells the assistant guy like, hey, you need to get him to come perform at this house. We're going to we're going to have a big collection like to get everyone together. And so the assistant is like, well, I had to fucking tell him what's up because there's no other way I could get him to come sing at this fucking random house. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, all that bullshit you've gone through. Yeah, I'm going to need you to go through a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then something that I took me a while to track down, but I remembered this is there's another psych character in this in this movie. So oh, like there, there was a psych, there was Timothy uh, Amazon from uh, yep. Luck of the Irish. This one has, I can't remember her name, the actress's name, but she plays the chief in Psych. She's the mom. Damn. Okay. And okay. Like, okay. This is, that's right. That's what I know her from. It's from Stuck in the Suburbs. She's the mom. From yes. Stuck in the, the Suburbs. Stars. Kristen Nelson. 
Yes. There we go. Nelson. Or Kirsten Nelson. Yeah. Anybody who's anybody came through stuck in the suburbs. <laughs> came from DCOMs and then they went to psych. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That well, is- I mean, gonna- uh, Dulé Hills and Holes. So that's true. That's I true. gotta say, I got a lock in Cheetah Girls. Just for I'm going from pure pop culture. I got nothing else. I got nothing. <sighs> Lovely. I love your descriptions. It was great. I probably would rather see stuck in the suburbs, but I gotta give the pop culture credit where it's due. Cheetah Girls was like. They got video games. Um, they and uh, their first album went double platinum. That one actually went to number thirty-three yeah, on one, the Billboard chart. I feel uh, like I can't use that same argument though because we didn't do that for High School Musical. That's fair. Hey, we start it's this off by we saying want. we do whatever the hell I we know, want. I know, I know, I know. But like already having that mindset of like, like but, oh, it was big and it had like a cult, lot of cultural relevance. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, but you know, okay. Listen to this Cheetah show Girls isn't times. going up against Smart House though. Smart House came in like a fucking buzzsaw. What are you going to do? High School Musical? You don't got a chance against that. That's true. Yeah. I would say, the, I think what you're what you're coming to understand from us is that we are incredibly hypocritical when it comes to episode <laughs> to episode. What matters in one episode's criteria does it's not true. dictate what I will do in the next one. But for the sake of fun, I am going to go stuck in the suburbs for story. So Megan, oh. it's up to you. Boys. And you can either decide on Damn. your own or there is always the American voting coin of 2004 to help you out. I agree that criteria of changing from bit to bit makes sense. However, I put Xenon over Luck of the Irish because of the cultural relevance and because I felt like it would it's a bigger contender. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if anything is going to go out of this round to compare with some of these, it's got to be something big. Okay. Because I don't I like Stuck in the Suburbs, but I wouldn't I wouldn't even rank it high up there on my favorites. I Fair. don't I don't think that if I'm thinking overall the theme of the show, best of all time, I don't think Stuck in the Suburbs deserves to be in the final four. As much as I think it's a good movie and how much I would like to rewatch it, I feel like Cheetah Girls has to be up there. All right. right. So it's Cheetah Girls going into the final four. Yep. There it is, folks. Is we, I, one second. Am I, I'm 32 years old. Am I allowed to watch Cheetah Girls? <laughs> make sure Catherine's there and make sure it's okay. logged. If, you, if your Disney Plus account doesn't have like a you and a Catherine, make one for Catherine and then watch it under hers. Okay. Thank just you. so that way you don't end up on any list. Like just be safe with that. Um, take it, take like delete the account before you watch Smart House. Okay. Yeah. Cause then that way she's, there's no, like, she, she's not a accomplice if it comes to any of like the, you know, the FBI guys that are watching. Yeah. FBI go. guy hit that Spotify play. Thank you. Yeah. So there it is folks. We have our final four. We are set. If you want to have yourself a movie night before the final four Friday, you got to get through Brink, Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century, Smart House and Cheetah Girls. I, you know, this feels very right. <laughs> I would balanced. Say, I would yeah. say that if we have the one, like the one that like kind of is our, like maybe, maybe High School Musical should have won oh, in that. But it's like, you got one for heart. You got your underdog story. That'll be good. But the other ones, it's like, yeah, that's gotta be what it happens. So get, make sure, get your Disney Plus accounts ready. God, we should, how, how hard do you think it is to get a Disney Plus sponsorship? How quickly so can we hard. get on not, this? Not that hard. <laughs> They, they hand that shit out like candy. It's fine. Okay. I'll just, uh, do you think I just email Disney plus at Disney plus.com and just be no, like, do not let them know we're talking about Disney. <laughs> oh yeah. You you're are, right. You are not allowed to talk about Disney. Oh yeah. Anywhere Jake, where Jake, you don't have mouse ears on something. Yeah. They will fucking come hard in the paint. <laughs> Jake. So, so we should, do we need to so rename every show or every movie and be like, we're watching, like, we're watching even... cat ladies and yeah. uh, Zordon <laughs> girl of the 22nd day. And <laughs> Genius uh, apartment. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what the, what, I don't what know what the for Brink is. What, <laughs> there's no the grind. Grind. limit. I guess limit. 
<laughs> no, because Grind is actually a real movie. That's right. I said Limit. Limit? Yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah, Verge. Edge. Yeah, Edge would be that. There we go. <laughs> there we go. We're going to watch Edge. Yeah. So, yeah, JK Disney, we're not watching your stuff. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Friendly Competition. If you want to help out your boys, a few things that you can do. Wherever you see our posts on social media, make sure to like, share those. Uh, that helps get the word out. And then wherever you're listening to this, make sure to follow, subscribe, and then rate and review as well. Oh, and that, sorry, I forgot. I forget the order of things. Megan, where can they, where can they find you at? Yeah. So if you want to check out what I'm about, head on over to thecritshowpodcast.com. We are a tabletop role-playing game, actual play podcast, primarily playing Monster of the Week, but we play some other Powered by the Apocalypse systems in the main show as well. If you want to hang out with a really cool story and learn how to play some of the games, it's a really great time. You can also check out our Patreon for just $1 a month, gets you access to our aggressively welcoming discord community it is the most welcoming place on the internet that i've found we do a bunch of cool stuff there cooking contests happy hour movie watch parties i think right now they're at the tail end of making their way through uh all the marvel movies and for some other tiers we have some really cool access to bonus content other shows that we do and some cool uh merch stuff to check out so go ahead and check us out uh that's critshowpodcast.com I'm checking. They got some good swag on this website. I was talking about the website before. Now I'm in the merch zone. They got some good stuff. You got hoodies. You got tanks. You got pins. You got dice. You got tarot cards. Girl, you got everything you could ever want and more. Nick, we don't have anything. We don't even have an Orlando magic shirt. That's the first one. Soon. <laughs> Soon. We'll It'll happen. Yep. If you have an idea for a whole 16 team tournament you'd like to see us do, just like Megan did, email us to us at friendlycompetitionpodcast at gmail.com or go to the website friendlycompetitionpodcast.com. Go to submit our contact and you can submit through there. Also, follow us on all of our social media accounts. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just look up Friendly Comp Pod. And as always, shout outs to Charizard for our intro and outro music. You want to hear more of their stuff? Head on over to Bandcamp, type in Charizard, and replace the vowels with sixes. That is it for us, folks. Final for Friday coming up. But until then, I've been Nick Keller. I'm Megan Yellowboy. And I'm Cody Lanham. See you on the boat. Bye.